0: Dude,
1: that's
0: Smiley Kaufman for 61! Wow. I'm Smiley Kaufman, and this is the Smiley Show.
2: Welcome back to the Smiley Show, and welcome back to the offseason. season. It's not an offseason, season, Smiley. We're in. A, we're entering real uh, this league territory uh, at this point. You're, it, of course, if you're listening to this podcast right now, I probably inserted some air horns here because. There's yet another piece of breaking news, and this one uh, is one that, that we've seen coming for, I guess, you know, a couple days and, and maybe some weeks now. There have been rumors about this for a while, but John Rom has officially departed for live. I just I, – I, I guess in some senses I never thought I'd see it coming, but, you know, here we are and it's happened. I mean, just your thoughts? I mean –
0: Professional golf is an absolute dumpster fire right now. <laughs> you know, it's just <laughs> we are in a very, very tough little spot here, Charlie. I mean, oh gosh. I mean, there's so much to unpack here, and I know we're going to uh we're gonna get into all the details with it, but man, it's just it's just surprising in the fact that so much of what he said in the past just to be wet where we're at now, so much has had to happen. And I know we're going to get into some of the sound that John Rom from his interviews that he has talked about um, over the last couple of years and where we're at today. I mean, I just kind of have to wonder what went wrong.
2: Yeah, no, I, it, and, and it's a really interesting development. That's a perfect setup, you know, for. What we have for you, where we want to start for this, because I think, you know, we'll we'll give you our thoughts at some point. But really, it's interesting charting ROM's evolution on this. And so where we're going to start is we're going to do kind of a timeline of sound here. We're going to start with that famous I'm pledging my Fealty to the PGA Tour piece of sound and then listen to just. The way that John evolved, maybe since then. That was back in February 2022, and then the last thing we're gonna, last person we're gonna hear from is, is from Jordan Spieth at, at the most recent Hero World Challenge, talking about you know what it would mean losing John Rom. So let's let's begin here first with John Rom. Uh, this is at the Genesis in February 2022.
1: This is my official, my one and only time I'll talk about this, where I am officially declare let's say my my fealty to the pga tour you know i'm a pack member and i have a lot of belief in jay monaghan and the product that they're going to give us on the future so uh i know there's been a lot of talk and speculation about the saudi league this is just not something i believe is is the best for me and my future in golf and
2: i think uh, the best legacy i can accomplish will be with the pga tour so you'll notice in that piece of sound there that it's not even referred to as the live league yet. That was still, you know, months before it was going to be launched. So we'll then fast forward a few months to after live was underway. This is at the 2022 U S open, you know, I almost feel I feel for Jay Monahan. Uh, if you see his time as a commissioner, he had to deal with COVID. And
1: now this, I don't know if he signed up for all this or not, but I consider the PGA tour has done an amazing job giving us the best platform for us to perform. Uh, I do see the appeal that other people see towards the live golf. Um, I do see some of the, how do I put this delicately, um, points or arguments they can make towards why they prefer it. Uh, To be honest, part of the format is not really appealing to me. Shotgun three days, to me, is not a golf tournament no cut. It's that simple. Uh, I want to play against the best in the world in a format that's been going on for hundreds of years, right? So that's what I want to see. And yeah, money is great. But when Kelly and I was, this first thing happened, we, we started talking about it. And we're like, "Will I lifestyle change. If I got 400 million, no, it will not change one bit. Truth be told, I could retire right now with what I've made and I've lived a very happy life and not play golf again. So, um, uh, I've never really played the game of golf for monetary reasons. I play for the for the love of the game, and I want to play against the best in the world. I've always been interested in history and legacy, and right now the PGA Tour has that. There's, there's a meaning when you win the Memorial Championship. There's a meaning when you win Arnold Palmer's event at Bay Hill. There's a meaning when you win L.A., Torrey, some of these historic venues. And that, to me, matters a lot, right? Uh, I have, you know, after this winning this, this past U.S. Open, you know, only me and Tiger have one at Torrey Pines and we're both the golf course that we like making putts on the 18th hole right that's a memory I'm going to have forever that not many people can say so uh, my heart is with the PGA Tour that's all I can say it's not my business or my character to judge anybody who, who thinks otherwise uh, and for a lot of people I'm not going to lie those next 3-4 years are worth basically their, their retirement plan they're giving them it's uh it's a very nice compensation to then retire and sail off to the sunset. And if that's what you want, that's fine. And here's another piece of sound from that 2022 U.S. Open. I'm not surprised. I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars are pretty good damn reason for people to decide and go. And I see a lot of comments, you know, disregarding it, but uh, the high majority of the population, if they offered you a hundred million or more for the next four years, a lot of people would go. Right? So I'm not surprised at the amount of players that went. Uh, I don't know about the cloud. I think this, the events are spaced out just enough to where when the next one comes, we're going to have the same talk all over again. right? Uh, but I did watch a bit of the broadcast, and to me, the only thing they had to talk about is the fact that if Charles Schwartz won, was going to make $4.7 million. Right? Uh, when I hear stories of, of Sevi and great players in the past, yes, obviously, financial stability is amazing but when they talk about majors or when jack talks about the u.s open and winning the u.s open and winning the open it's more than just the money prices will always go up and i consider i make plenty of money doing what i do obviously but you know nobody's talking about winning that event in london with the essence that some other events have and that to me is what's attractive being able to consider yourself champion of this with the history that comes with it um So I don't know. We'll see. I really can't tell you. Like I've said all along, I'm about as far away from this whole dynamic as can be. You know, I go about my business. Uh, My job is to hit a golf ball to the hole as as quick as I can. And that's about it. And that's where I stay. Um, Can't really
2: say much else on that. So that's a wrap on on the sound we'll play for you from 2022. This next cut is a week after the famous or infamous, I guess, June 6th announcement of at the time what was phrased as a merger, but later clarified as a framework deal between the PGA Tour and the PIF. Here's John Rahm on whether he thinks the PGA Tour values player opinion.
1: I'm not sure I know how to answer to that. I think to an extent, they value player opinion. They've certainly hurt us throughout the whole process and in some of the issues, uh, but... We're certainly in a spot in time where uh, there's a big question mark, right? Uh, where we don't have the answers we
2: would like, so it's it's hard to say. And then here's another piece of sound. Uh, this is also at the U.S. Open in 2023 at LACC, and we're going to play a little excerpt of a cut here from uh, something John said in that press conference. And if
1: things change, things change. I mean, I'm just... Um, I'll have to adapt to the situation and, you know, if I have to make some decisions on what's going on forward, I'll have to make some decisions, but it's just not at the end of the day,
2: I'm extremely privileged. And then finally, as, as mentioned off the top, this is Jordan Spieth at the hero world challenge, uh, in December, 2023, talking about just John Rahm's value to the PGA tour.
1: I'm not sure specifically how it would impact those negotiations, but all in all, John Rahm is one of the biggest assets that we have on the PGA Tour. So it would be um, it would be a, a really, really, really not very good for us um, in general because we want to play against the best players in the world, and and that's that's what John is. So um, I know there's been some guys that have talked to him. I know he's weighing maybe weighing some decisions, maybe not. I really don't know. So I don't want to insult him and in saying he's weighing decisions if if he already knows he's not or he is. Um, but, you know, there's that's somewhat out of my control in a way, but um, obviously I could speak for probably on behalf of 200-plus PGA Tour players and saying that we really hope that
2: he's continuing with us. So, Smiley, just reflecting on all that sound, I mean, Woo! you can really... <laughs> there some bold <laughs> statements made early on, and and I think a 180 might not even be fully representative of the shit that you hear there. But just as, as you think about you know, where John started and where he ended up, you know, what do you take away from all that he said?
0: I mean, not too, not terribly different than a lot of other players, maybe a little bit more warm to the idea of the live golf tour than maybe a couple other players have been so publicly um, about, you know, I think, I think of Rory as kind of the example of speaking up and being the, you know, the player that was a spokesperson for the PGA tour and its players. And the the first thing that comes to my mind after listening to it was actually from the first clip. And he talked about being a pack member and his loyalty to Jay Monahan and the PGA tour. Mm-hmm. And for those of you that don't know kind of what it means to be on the pack or the player advisory board or the policy board, excuse me. It's, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of investment, especially during COVID, you know, a lot of, a lot of people give Jay Monahan a lot of, grief about all of this that has happened uh with the framework agreement but he did a, a masterful job to get the pga tour back up and running again during COVID. and i'm sure john ron was heavily involved in those conversations getting the pga tour back going again and being one of the first professional sports playing again so during all of that time you know being invested and then all the live stuff starts to come out and he's like you know what this is where i want to be Um, The history and legacy of the game, winning at Bay Hill, winning at Memorial. You know, he mentioned Tiger Woods uh, being him and those just John Rahm and Tiger Woods being the two guys that have won at Torrey Pines uh, for both of those events. I mean, just he, he talks about that and then he starts to shift a little bit like, you know, right around that when that framework agreement came out and started doing a little bit more of a 180 on, you know, the writing into the sunset quote that he kind of had about, uh, some of those players, hopefully the three or four years that they play out there and their retirement money is great because now he's thinking, hey, you know what, there's, you know, the, every, everybody's kind of got a price. And, um, so he, he backtracked on that a little bit and listen, that June 6th date was, was not a good day for the PGA tour. It very well, could be a good day for the tour long term, and the fact that maybe all of these guys end up playing on the same tour one day again. But as far as it is concerned with John Rom, it was a bad day. I think it, you could argue it may have been the day that you lost him, and I know that he's been adamant about staying. Maybe, maybe not quite as much as he was, but when you lose the trust of the players and you feel like they. Aren't running the tour, and the PGA Tour is supposed to be a players' tour. And for a guy like John Rom to invest the time that he has, and for a player that I've talked about last week is, I I think the most competitive PGA Tour player out there. I think he wants to win, and I think his legacy means a lot to him. So the calculations to get to where we're at now make you think that he's going to be playing competitive golf against the PGA tour players again one day. It just doesn't make sense to me with his original quotes, talking about the format, like would never go play three, three days, um, 54 holes in a shotgun start. Like that's not, that's not what a real championship is. So I don't know, Charlie, it's just, it's a lot to unpack there, but uh, I think the last thing I'll leave you with there and I'll let you kind of get a bat at it is I think him going to the live golf tour. Let's let's say they stay separate for a while. I think it's an opportunity for him to say, you know what, I am wanted over here at the Live Golf Tour. They Mm. want this. They want this to be my tour. They want me to be the face. And I think the argument was maybe be pitched to him that that at the PGA Tour, dude, you're this is never going to be your tour. It's Tiger's tour. It's Rory's tour. It's not your tour. And maybe that was what was in his ear because, you know what, for a player that is as talented as he is and is as I if anybody ever asked me who the best player you ever played with is, I mean, dude, Rom is on the short list. That's for a hundred hundred percent positive about that. The guy is undeniably um, unbelievable at golf, and and it would it would be the biggest loss. And I think Jordan said it probably best. It's you know that's one of the PGA Tour's biggest assets right now is John Rom, and losing him is a, a significant loss.
2: Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about the competitive piece of this, since you first really unpacked that. And I guess the last show we did, you know, with the rumors swirling around him and wondering what was going to happen. And I think it's, if you look at the the acquisitions Liv had in the past of a lot of really good players and maybe the best player in terms of talent at the time was cam Smith. And this is taking nothing away from cam Smith. I mean, he's an incredibly talented player, you know, was probably top five, maybe in top three in the world when he left, but it's just a different beast. Like Cam seems mm-hmm. to want to play golf with fellow Aussies, want to, want to play in Australia, you know. Which to his credit, the, you know, the Live Tour does. I mean, I, I think that maybe the most emotion we've ever seen out of Cam Smith was recently missing the cut at the Australian PGA Championship. You can tell how much that means to him. And and fishing, you know, and maybe playing a little <laughs> good golf in there, and and good for Cam Smith. But I mean, when you're talking about a guy that has Rom's talent, but also rom's competitive drive i mean if you set the over under on tournaments one on live next year with half the events i'd probably take the over for rom so i just i don't know what he's gonna get there i mean there are there are obviously still good players there and brooks kepka showed it to you last year winning a major and and and, you know was right there with rom at the end of the masters but i think that that one was a hard one to try to kind of make sense of but the more i think about it it's it's of, of anybody in the whole world of golf, Rom was probably best positioned to make this move at this time because with the 2023 masters win he's exempt for majors for the next five years. And obviously the masters for a lifetime, but he now has 20 cracks at it. And the next five years to win another major to extend his exemptions in these majors and keep playing in the tournaments that matter the most. Um, and he also is, third in the OWGR so yes he's going to lose ground there but if he keeps winning tournaments he can keep himself relevant regardless of what happens you know with that whole points thing but again if he's in all those majors like that OWGR thing is less of a consideration so that's the only place I can really leave myself in terms of you know why would Rom do this from a competitive standpoint Um, the thing I'm I'm curious to unpack more is you you kind of touched on Jay Monahan there a little bit and it It's so interesting, listening to early John Rahm talking about what a great job Jay did and how well liked he seems to be by players, and you know Rory McElroy was the same way in terms of just you know in in lockstep with Jay on everything, supportive of what he was doing. I wonder if jay if it's less about like what he has done and what he hasn't done you know than what he hasn't done in the last whatever months or year or whatever because i, I to me it feels like. There were numerous opportunities to kind of head this thing off at the pass. Whether it was meeting with the Premier Golf League people, whether it was mm-hmm. trying to make a good faith deal with the Saudi contingent, and make something that worked. And now you're at a place where, even these last couple of months, it's flirting with this private, these different private equity groups, and saying we're not so sure where the Saudi agreement is is going to go. And so what does the PIF go and do and live go and do they go grab the biggest bargaining chip off the table to make come back and open the door for other guys to go to and really force Mm -hmm. you and and now, now they have the kind of the upper hand the leverage and and they can have more of a hand in shaping whatever this new thing is. Um, You know, what are your what are your maybe your reflections on both Jay's role in this and just PGA Tour governance at large and the people kind of negotiating this and also, you know, what does the future golf landscape look like given that John Rahm's swinging this thing and lives direction and piss direction?
0: Yeah, no, you make a lot of great points and I'll say that, you know, we always knew that they had more money than us and Mm -hmm. the, the model that the PGA tour had is not sustainable and they can't every year try to, I mean, the $20 million signature events. I mean, I I don't see that as sustainable. So you you understand it from a business standpoint and a financial standpoint, uh, standpoint about where the PGA Tour was and and the longevity of what they had to do to keep up. So you you get why the meeting was took with the Saudis to try to negotiate with the PIF for them to be a part of the PGA Tour. So you, you understand it, but it's it was all the messaging, and the messaging was probably the biggest mistake of it all. From Jay saying you're never going to have to apologize to be on the PGA tour. Mm-hmm. And you can't come back from your words. And, and that first interview, just I thought was one of the biggest misses in the entire deal was, uh, I think it was up in Canada. Jay goes on with Nance and, and out, out comes all of the stuff about nine 11. And I'm like, oh, man, as a, as a player, um, I guess I wasn't a player at the time, but, uh, a PGA tour member, you know, I was hoping you would say, you know what? You know, it's my job to figure out why these players are leaving. And it is my job to figure out what is the best environment for the PGA Tour? What is the best thing that we can do for these players? And that's what the messaging should have been at the time instead of a a just a smear campaign against the Saudis and live. And I don't know who gave them that advice, but I guarantee that was probably one mistake that they look back on that that, you know. You know, Roy McIlroy probably still be on the policy board if it weren't for uh, some of those mistakes that he then had to. You know, he was he was carrying the torch, Charlie, for a long time, and uh, eventually we got to a point where he kept having to backtrack on things that he said because the the landscape has changed so much from when we started to where we are now. And and after hearing those clips, I mean, you have to wonder: Does John Rom think? You know this bargaining chip for the Live Golf Tour. Does this is this create some big global golf tour? But um, I would say one last part on this John Rom bit is I think the PGA Tour, although it's doing a lot of really good work to try to restructure what it's going to look like as we head into this framework agreement. I think there was a lot of positive, a lot of positive, a lot of positivity around just everything for the future of the PGA tour. And they kind of caught, got caught with their pants down a little bit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just not being aligned from top to bottom. I think there was just a lot of uninformed players and one of them being John Rom. I think there's, you know, Tiger Woods is informed. He's the one trying to write the ship here, the PGA tour, you know, Patrick Cantlay is informed. Adam Scott's informed uh, Charlie Hoffman and the rest of the policy board is informed. Now, was John Rahm in the loop on all this and what was going on? I you you don't know. And I think you would you would hope that PJ Tour executives and, and the policy board would have the top players in the world in the loop on all this, you would think, right? And I think it was a great opportunity for the live golf tour to first off come with a great offer, which they did, and say, you know what? PJ Tour is a mess. Live golf tour is not any better. Why don't I just take the money and hope that in one day all of this will merge?
2: Yeah, I I, I think it's I think, you know, getting caught with your pants down uh, is un- unfortunately a good way to summarize it, because I think it feels like the tour, you know, at numerous levels made a series of bets that they they lost every single time. You know, it's that this thing is not going to come to fruition. Well, it did. They're not going to be able to get any good players. Well, they did. They're not going to be able to sustain it past like a year, a year and a half without a TV contract. Well, they are, you know, they're going to run out of, you know, interest and money. And I think that the jury's still out on like whether or not um, live in its current form with its current business partnerships can live long term. But i tell you what makes that league a lot more marketable having mm-hmm. the number three player in the world and the reigning masters champion in your stable of players. And, and I'm, I'm and PGA. And and, and, I, and I'm not certain that he's the last guy, right? Like, I mean, I think that, and this is where I think it gets really interesting. And and, and you know, again, we're I, I laugh about this every time. It's like we're uh, nominally a golf podcast that had on like an antitrust law expert in the middle of this whole thing. And so here we're going to try to talk about like contractual details, like breaking down contracts. Like, I'd be really curious to know what the language of these contracts are for a guy like John Rom, where it's hey we'll pay you you know the, the numbers being reported we'll pay 550 million dollars but if we cut a deal with the PGA tour in a mm. couple of months and this all gets folded back together like how much of that money does is john guaranteed and and how how much do the guys get to stay and you know, do you have a couple guys who are running out the door now thinking ooh let's let's get our big bag of cash but then they have to hand it right back when they come back together and 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 how does it work in A new ecosystem like let's say that because live and pif now have the leverage in this thing that they can force the live team concept back on whatever the new entity is and then you have all these guys who are on live teams and it's like how how does scotty Scheffler get to make good is it like dustin johnson and brooks kepka and john Rahm bidding for his services and using some like newly injected sponsorship dollars. Now that it's all one big thing of PGA tour sponsors who want to buy a team and say, yeah, we'll pay Scotty Scheffler a hundred million dollars to sign with the four aces. I don't know. It's all, you know, much like where we were in June six, there's just so much that's unanswered, but it's like your wheels start spinning on this stuff of like, where are we going to end up on this? And you got to think it's like flagship events. Majors, of course, get saved. Maybe some main tour events get saved, you know, but it feels more and more like, we're gonna have live as part of the team concept, and like, and if we have live, like, does TGL still exist? You know what happens
0: to the China so that they built out South for me I mean, in
2: my head. You know it's crazy. You know, like, I I just don't know what to you know I don't know what to make of all of it, and 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 I and and, and you know I think I think you know where I end up on all this, and I think you feel the same way. It's like I just want to see all the players back together. Uh, like, I, you know, even if I whether or not I like live or, or the format or whatever, I'm OK with watching live as part of like my golf consumption schedule. If it means that everybody's back together under the same roof or bubble and, and, and they're all competing together, we don't have to worry about these two kind of watered down products and trying to make sense of whether or not either of them is worth watching. You know, a
0: hundred percent. Go look at the official world golf ranking right now. It's I, I said it last week. It, it feels like it's the FedEx Cup when I, when I look at it. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, I'm with you. You know, do I want to watch two different products? I mean, I already have to watch one for a living. Do I need to watch another <laughs> one in my spare time? No, I just I don't have yeah. the time to watch. All I do is when are we going to play golf, Smiley? I
2: mean, come <laughs> on now, man.
0: <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a big, big, big. Big big loss for the PGA Tour as you are heading into this negotiation period that was supposed to be done at December thirty first, and you you would hope that you know if you're the PGA Tour that the Live Golf Tour would be acting in good faith and not trying to steal your players. But guess what? Uh, the bargaining chip and has swung their way, and that is you know to have like you said, Cameron Smith, Brooks Koepka, Dustin Johnson, and uh, the list kind of goes on. They got some they got some great players over there. It's just for the people that say they're washed up or up over there, dude, stop it. There were so many unreal players on that golf tour.
2: You know, I, I wonder if, I mean, I wonder a lot of things, but just kind of two additional items, at least for today's podcast, because I'm sure more and more information is going to come out on this. And we'll, we'll continue to react to this developing situation with ROM and potentially others as we get more info. But I wonder where tiger goes from here. And I wonder where Rory goes from here. And Rory feels like, I just don't know if you painted yourself in this corner so many times. Like, I think that the part of this that is so weird is if you're a fan of golf, you spend so much of your fanhood evaluating these these players as golfers in a golf context, right? But then now it's like this whole other thing where you got to evaluate like, a Rory McIlroy as a spokesperson or a Patrick <laughs> Cantlay as like a, a businessman. And, and, yeah. and it's, it's just kind of hard for the brain to compute, you know, where they all stand on these things. But I, I feel like Rory has so many times said, I'm okay with Saudi money. I'm okay with team golf, but I'm never going to be okay with live. That if this thing happens, I don't know how, you know, I don't know what part he, he takes in it, you know, and, and, and I also wonder on tiger, you know, where you think, you know, if, you know, Seeing that Rom is gone, you know, does does this does this play into his hand? You know, like I'm not sure where Tiger Stanley's negotiations—if he was leaning towards private equity or what else—but like, does it does this help him? You know, create a sense of urgency because he was so adamant about that December 31st deadline. Does it help him say, "Guys, we need to get this done. Let's go do it." Um, You know, I, I don't know. I think things got way
0: more complicated. I think if it was, let's say John Rom stayed on the PGA Tour, I think this thing had a chance to get it done at the end of the year. I thought it still wouldn't. I thought it would get pushed back a little bit, but it would be close, uh, more so like January, February, they'd get it figured out. But man, this just seems like it's going to push it back even further because I don't see how these two sides are agreeing right now. To me, they're, they're working in silence against each other, and they're trying to figure out how to get
2: in a position of power to be able to outlast the other well that's all for our recap of the latest bombshell news story in the world of golf which is of course john rom going to live we're gonna have more on this topic in the coming days as more information comes out uh, we appreciate you watching and listening and we will be back here to talk to you soon
0: the smiley show is part of the Sirius xm sports podcast network If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast.